Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 643. Step into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, we're going to talk about how to resist overspending during the holidays. And I really felt like this was a topic I wanted to talk about You might not have a problem with overspending, but many people do have a problem with overspending during the holidays. And the real issue is there's so much overspending that there's a debt hangover in January that takes them a good part of the year, the next year that is, to pay off. So maybe we could head off this problem right at the beginning, at the root of the problem, so that that doesn't happen. Now, while my experience is celebrating Christmas, you might be of a different religious persuasion and might be celebrating Hanukkah or some other holiday. So this can apply to anyone, no matter what holiday it is. I suppose it could even apply to birthdays, but please excuse my focus on one particular holiday, but that is my realm of experience that I'm going to be drawing my examples on. So... If you are of another religious persuasion, I think this will equally apply to you, no matter what religion or what holiday you're celebrating, as long as you're buying gifts. So when I think about the holidays and gift giving, there's a lot of really great things about that. I mean, who doesn't love exchanging gifts, whether you do it with family or friends? It is, of course, a really fun custom and celebration. But somehow we got really off track with this and there's all kinds of expectations that can be attached to gift giving. For example, your perception of how gifts need to be given may be completely different than someone else's. I mean, think about what is it that you really enjoy about giving gifts and receiving gifts. Is it the surprise part of it, getting something or giving someone something that they had no idea they were going to receive, or you faked them out and they thought they weren't going to get it, and then they got it. I know when I was younger, my parents did this to me all the time, where they'd tease me that I hadn't been good enough for Santa to bring the right gift, and then lo and behold, it would appear. Or maybe there's the idea that you have to spoil the other person somehow, that you just want to give them so much that you really want to feel like you're spoiling someone. Some people might feel that that's important to do. Other people might feel like they need to have just a massive volume of gifts. I remember hearing about a mother who would buy so many presents for her children that literally the living room would be knee deep wrapped in presents under the tree. And People couldn't even walk into the room, which sounded grotesquely overdone to me. But by the people telling the story, they thought it was fabulous. (laughs) 
Imagine if that goes on generationally and they're doing that to their children because that's their perception of how gifts need to be given. Or then there was my mom who would sometimes give gifts to her grandchildren that were mostly clothing and not toys, much to the dismay of the grandchildren, but she was really doing it to help out her kids, their parents, from having to buy their kids clothes. So while Granny was a spoil sport to the kids, I think she was a hero to the parents because she was trying to help them with their budget. So whether your idea of gift giving is to surprise or spoil or impress with volume or be practical or some completely other idea about giving, just realize that people have different motivations for giving and people have different values around giving. And while this can seem to be way too much excess to some, to others, that's exactly the point. So the first thing is a lot of people feel very differently and have very different emotions around this particular topic. But here's where I think it all comes together. And that is that whatever your values are about giving and receiving gifts, your values are causing the holiday spending to be whatever it is that you're spending, whether other people value it that way or not. So let me say it again. Your values about spending and receiving gifts and giving gifts are causing your holiday spending to be what it is, whether other people share that same value or not. So your idea of giving might be to surprise someone. Someone else's idea of giving might be about being practical. Do you see how there can be different priorities in your giving and there can be a complete mismatch? This is not about how much money you have and whether someone having more money who can give more is better than someone who doesn't. That is absolutely not what I'm saying. And I can certainly remember times when we had lots of Christmas presents under the tree and times where we had very few Christmas presents under the tree, depending on what was going on with my parents' investments. And during those really lean years, when the economy was not doing well, that definitely was reflected under the Christmas tree. But you know what? That really didn't matter. Because here's the thing. After all the Christmases that I spent and all the good years and the lean years, you know what was really funny? If someone asked me right after opening presents, what did you get for Christmas? I could literally only say a couple of things, even if I had opened an enormous number of packages. I could literally only remember a couple. Why is that? Well, probably because there were a couple that I really wanted, and then there was a whole bunch of stuff that I probably didn't really care about that was, I'm sure, nice and given with good intention, but, you know, it didn't really register with me one way or another. And maybe that's terrible and I was completely spoiled, but it's just the truth. I could literally only remember a couple of things after opening dozens of gifts. And there were usually only a couple of things that I was really looking for. As a young girl, one of my prized possessions, hysterically, was the Easy Bake Oven, which I loved. I wanted that so badly. And getting my Easy Bake Oven was the end-all be-all to me. 
which is hilarious because I'm not the greatest cook today. So it absolutely didn't get me started on any great career path of great cooking. But it was the most fun thing to mix up some batter, put it in a pan and have a light bulb heated up into a real cake. That was pretty cool. But that gift was the thing that I really wanted. And I can't remember anything else that I got that year. And I would imagine most people probably can relate to that. There's one or two things that you really wanted or you were really hoping to get. Or if you had the money to buy it, you would buy it yourself. And that's why what I'm going to advise you to do is so important. And that is to not assume that giving people a lot of gifts or giving people a surprise gift is necessarily going to be what they want. To understand what they want, we have to do one thing, and that is ask. Ask them what they want. I think one of the greatest things about technology and giving is to have your own shopping list that you can put online and then people can actually go to Amazon and buy you something from your list. That's pretty cool because it's actually something that you want. So often people give gifts and it's not really something that you want. And you feel badly because you want to tell them it's great and it's fabulous and they feel guilty because they want to please you and get you something that you want. But the truth is there's been a lot of money spent and neither one of you are that happy. So sometimes there's guilt and emotions and shame and being good enough and all kinds of underlying emotions beneath the surface when we're giving gifts. And sometimes overspending can actually come from guilt, feeling guilty that we can't give more or that we have to do more or you spend enough for everybody's gifts and then a few days before Christmas, you have that pang of guilt that maybe you didn't do enough and you go out and you do another round of spending. So asking what people really want is so important because chances are it's not the volume of gifts that they want. There may be something in particular they're thinking of. You may have heard of the book, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. And I think this book applies in the gift giving realm too. Basically what he says is that people feel loved in different ways. And he lists five common ways that people feel loved. One is from receiving gifts. One is for quality time spent together. Another is for acts of service. Another is physical touch and words of affirmation. So there's five different ways that people can actually feel loved. And his book is about the fact that we might do one of those things and our partner might respond and feel loved in a way that we're not giving attention to. I think the same thing can happen in the gift giving realm. So if someone really wants to spend time with you and that's what they would really value as a gift, but you're giving them a gift where they can be on their own at a spa and receive a massage, that might not be a match in terms of what someone really wants. When my mother was elderly, one of the best things my brothers did for her was to go over to her place and fix things that were broken around the house. They just spent a day over at her house fixing her sliding glass door. There was a handle that was broken. There were 
tiles that had gotten loose on the floor. There were, you know, just different things, a drawer that didn't close properly. There were just things around the house that since she was a widow, she didn't have a man around the house to help with the fix it kind of stuff. And my brothers went over and did it for her. And you should have heard her. It was the best thing. She just appreciated that so much. And it didn't even cost them anything. But to her, that was the greatest gift. So an act of service, just like one of the love languages, an act of service can be a gift that you can provide. And that doesn't even cost you anything but your time and maybe a few spare parts. Or what if someone does want quality time with you? I know when my husband was alive, we loved to give each other cruises because we would go on a trip together and get to spend time together. And so that became one of our gifts to each other was a way to spend time together and travel. For someone who values physical touch, a spa certificate or a massage certificate could be perfect for them. For someone who feels loved with words of affirmation, something like a very nice card and maybe a plaque saying they're the world's best mom, like I gave my mom in sixth grade and she proudly hung on the wall, was one of her favorite presents. And for people who love receiving gifts, well, you just have to ask what it is they want. My husband and I got into some trouble over gift giving because early on in our relationship, he very sweetly bought me a sweater. But as women who are listening to this understand, clothing is difficult for women because there's certain things that flatter your figure and certain things that don't. The particular sweater that he gave me hung on me like a football jersey and made me look like a football player. I generally need things that show a waistline, and if I don't have that, I can look like an enormous person. So I proudly wore his sweater, even though I felt like I looked like a linebacker in it. I proudly wore it while we were dating. And the next time he gave me clothing, the same thing happened. It didn't flatter me in the right places. It was unflattering in certain places, and I just could not wear it. I had to return it, which was really terrible. I felt really bad because I knew he took the time to pick it out and really was trying to please me, but it just was not going to work. Another time, he decided to give me a video camera and he researched it and spent hundreds and hundreds of dollars on this camera. And the problem was I did not want a video camera. He wanted a video camera and he gave it to me for Christmas. Well, you can imagine that did not go over well in our house. And from that point on, we got an agreement together that I could actually pick out my own presents for Christmas. All he did was give me a budget and tell me how much my budget was to spend and whatever it was I was fine with. But I literally loved shopping for my own present. I hate to admit that, it probably sounds terrible to you, but I'm telling you, it was the most fun I had all year in terms of shopping and looking for something and figuring out what it was that I was going to buy. And I was going to have a piece of jewelry or something and then say, yes, my husband gave this to me. And it was going to be something I would adore and love and have selected through thousands of things and spent time looking for just the right one. And he would get the credit when I picked that thing out and was so happy with it. So it was a win-win for us. 
But I realized that some people think that's probably terrible, that it wasn't wrapped up and I didn't know what it was and I wasn't surprised. And he didn't have to spend all the time to do it. I didn't care. I was thrilled because I got the thing that I really wanted. He was thrilled because he didn't have to spend the time shopping, which he didn't like to do. And it worked out great for us. So here's my point. In order to make the other person happy, you really need to ask, what is going to make them happy? Because him buying unlimited gifts for me or picking out more clothing for me or picking out some other thing or not knowing what to pick out for me and guessing and me being unhappy, it just is a recipe for disaster. And yet we've spent so much time doing these things and so much money doing these things. It's not about the price tag. I don't care if it's a $5,000 gift, a $500 gift, a $50 gift, or a $5 gift. There's something about being able to search for just that right thing and pick it out that would make it feel really special to me. This might go back to my childhood because when I was in high school, my parents would give me a budget for clothing for school. For the new school year, they'd say, go and pick out some clothes. And that was, you know, supposed to last me for my school year. And they'd give me a budget and I'd go shopping. And I loved that. I got to pick out the clothes I wanted for the school year. And it gave me enormous pleasure. And maybe that's why I enjoyed picking out my own Christmas gift when my husband was alive. I don't know. I can't really explain it emotionally or even really logically. I can just say it's what made me happy. Now, I had no need to be surprised. I had no need to be overspent on. None of that made any difference to me. So again, the real solution to you giving the perfect gift or someone else receiving the perfect gift is to ask because it's not about spending more money. It rarely is about spending more money, if ever. There's some other emotional trigger and feeling of love that we all need. And receiving that gift in the right way is going to fill that need. But receiving a gift that isn't in our set of values, again, if it's something that you want to spend time with a person and that would be your greatest gift to go to lunch together or to have a picnic together. If you're on a low budget, that would be a great way to go or planning a weekend together. But the way to really stay away from this whole overspending thing and get away from these negative emotions of guilt, shame, feeling not good enough, feeling like you have to do more, trying to overcompensate for something else, all of that can be eliminated if we can just have some conversation about giving. So there you have it. If you're tempted to go and spend more or buy more or think that you had to do something bigger than what you did, you don't. You just need to find out what they really want. That's it. It's very simple. Doing that one thing will keep your credit cards from being maxed out, will keep you from having a debt hangover in January that will take you months to pay off, and more importantly, will make both sides of the giver and the receiver feel really great because you're both happy. So I hope that resonates with you. I did some deep thinking about this to really come up with something I thought would make a difference. 
I don't think the whole budget idea and sticking to a Christmas budget or holiday budget is necessarily the answer because people just blow right through those budgets. They don't stick to them. And that's because the underlying emotion gets to them. So rather than tell you to try and budget or try and stick to something, only spend this amount, no. I'm going to tell you, find out what the other person really wants, what they really value, which might not even be a physical gift at all. It might just be fixing something in the house for them or going somewhere with them. But try it and let me know how it goes. If you haven't yet subscribed to Be Wealthy and Smart, hit that subscribe button and you'll be notified as soon as new podcasts are available so you never miss one of them. And don't forget, the whole library of podcasts is on my website at lindapjones.com forward slash podcasts. There's a grand variety of different financial topics, a wealth mentoring library just waiting for you to start with creating a wealthy mindset or how to save more, how to start investing. All of these things are there for you. That's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.